Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rhodes? Well, we're going, we don't need Rhodes. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. No, I am your father. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we are back with another bonus episode for you. As we have mentioned before, there's some vacations going on, and so we didn't want to leave you with no content to get your After the Ending fix. So here we are with our bonus episode. We will bring you another installment of Quizmaster Deathmatch, and then we have another fun top five list worked up for you. Phil, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank you. I'm enjoying the summer, and it's always good to have another bonus episode because everybody loves a bonus. That's right, that's right. Yeah, we've just, uh, as, as we said in previous ones, some of the staff needed summer holidays, so we've got to let that fit into the schedule yep. and the busy after the ending offices. Bunch of whiners, those interns and low-paid filing clerks, you know? I, I know. Well, be I mean, a little more appreciative. I mean, he didn't often embarrass us when Matthew McConaughey was in, but we, we sorted that out. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, so... I mean, uh, all what, right. How could you do that to his bongos? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, people should know better. Yeah. We may have to get some new staff. But Matthew McConaughey's bongos, you can't touch him. That's right. Everyone knows you don't touch Matthew McConaughey's bongos. Yeah, you have to get naked if you do. <laughs> right. And now we're venturing back into Elizabeth Hurley territory. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so Sweet moving on. Jesus. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, so first up, we have uh, the return of our favorite feature, Quizmaster Deathmatch, wherein Phil and I both pick a Your favorite that... feature. What's that? Your favorite feature. Oh, because right? I keep winning? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's my favorite feature and, and Phil's <laughs> less than favorite feature, but uh, maybe today is your day for a comeback, Phil. Come! <laughs> That's good. That ties in nicely to the film that I picked. So uh, what we do is we both pick movies that we love and, and think we know well. Uh, then the other one proves that wrong because <laughs> we ask each other trivia <laughs> questions and we get most of them wrong, uh, proving that we don't know them nearly as well as we thought we did. Yes. Or maybe we just ask too hard of trivia questions. Maybe that's the... Maybe that's uh, the yeah, we'll go with that. It's the... Uh... The questions. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not the person. Right. So, Phil, tell people what movies we're going to be battling it out over today. Yes, yeah, so we'll be going into the nebula as I will be asking my questions about Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. And Mike will be asking me questions about Robocop. The original Robocop. And if you like the sound of that, you'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I tried to figure out a way to work in a question about, like, how much <laughs> would you buy that for? But that was that was too yeah. easy. So. <laughs> All right, so Phil, why don't you kick things off today? Why don't you grill me? Give me my first question. Oh, let me explain the points for the listeners. Oh, yeah. So the way it works, we have six questions. The first two questions are the easiest. They're worth one point each. The second two questions are medium difficulty. They're worth three points each. And the last two questions are the hardest questions. They're worth five points each. Although, let's be honest, neither one of us has really gotten much past the first one-point questions mm. in the past so far. Yeah, so currently, Mike has, uh, the score is two to Mike, zero to me. Right. But I, I have a feeling today, Phil, I think today is the day you're going to come back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I might need to be rebuilt. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. All right. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you take it? Hit me with the first question. Okay. The first question. Who played Savick? That would be one Kirstie Alley. Correct. Who also uh, was mentioned in our last uh, bonus episode because she starred in Summer School, which was a film that made both of our lists. Yes. Yes, she did. Those are lists of top five summer movies. And if you haven't listened to that episode... What are you waiting for? Yeah. Well, wait until the end of this one. <laughs> right, right. That's a good thing to wait for. Exactly. <laughs> so All right. Hit, we... hit me then, Mike. Come on. Okay. Here's your uh, first question then. There we go. 
The, Destroy my confidence. Come on. <laughs> no, I think you got this one. The evil corporation in RoboCop is called OCP. What does OCP stand for? Omni Consumer Products. You got it. One point for Phil. Yes. All right. You're starting strong, Phil. Starting strong. Oh, yeah. Fading fast. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. All right. What do you got? What was the original episode called that featured Khan? That would be Space Seed. Correct. All right. Very good episode, that one. Indeed. One of the classics. All right. Now, I think this one is easy-ish, but I'm, I'm not going to hold you to exact wording. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll go, we'll go for close enough. Name two of RoboCop's three prime directives. Serve the public trust. Very good. Protect the innocent. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Yeah. You know what the last <sighs> one was? Bonus point if you get the last one. Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. You got it, Phil. Oh. Nice. So two points for that one then. Oh, excellent. For getting all three of them. I was going to just have you get two, but you did nice. Nice job. Thank I wouldn't have gotten any much. of those, to be honest with and you. And then it's the... Uh, and I'm... <laughs> yeah, well, then we know it's all downhill. Can I tell you a funny story about RoboCop real quick? Go on. So, you know, obviously, one of the most famous lines in the movie is, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Yeah. Well, back in the day, there was an arcade game. And for you younger listeners, arcades were places where they had lots <laughs> of video games that you could play for a quarter apiece. There was a RoboCop video game, and it had quotes from the movie, but the sound on it was kind of sketchy. And so it sounded like he was saying, dead or alive, you're going to the beach. <laughs> and so for, for years, and probably still to this day, me and a handful of my friends would always quote that to each other, especially because we lived in Florida at the time. We'd always be like, dead or alive, you're going to the beach. Excellent. So that's oh, kind like of that. my favorite pseudo-RoboCop <laughs> quote. So next question for you. This is the three-point one, right? Three-point, yeah. All right, we're into the harder questions. Okay. What word does Spock say when he places his hand on the head of the unconscious Leonard McCoy? Remember. Yes. All right. Classic moment. Classic oh, moment. Oh, very good moment, yeah. All right, very nice. Okay, here we go. This okay. is where you start to crumble usually. So yeah, this is happens. it. This is it, yeah. All Thanks right. for reminding me. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep, your, keep <laughs> the pressure on, Phil. Okay, so although the film is set in Detroit, in what major U.S. city was it actually filmed? Was it Chicago. It was not Chicago, but I'll give you I'll give you a hint. It's a southern city in a very large state. I won't tell you how the state is shaped. It has a major football team, which probably doesn't help you at all either. Uh, Dallas. You got it. Oh, <laughs> it was Dallas. Did you? Were you just guessing? I just guessed. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you a point for that anyway. Thank you very much. That's points. Thank you for letting me have another go. And in fact, the uh, the the OCP building was uh, the Dallas City Hall, which they then used matte paintings to build up into a skyscraper. Ah, uh, okay, cool, very yeah. good. See that? Yes. Okay, next one. How long were Khan and his crew marooned for? Oh man, that's a good one. Oh, and I know this too. And you know the numbers. You know I'm good at guessing really close. From yeah, first that's the thing. Episode. That's the danger. All right, I'm gonna say. Oh, I know this. Is it 27 years? Nope. Okay. How long? 15. It was 15. 15. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Another three-pointer. Screenwriter Ed Neumeyer got the idea for RoboCop after working on what beloved but not commercially successful science fiction film? Beloved but not commercially viable science fiction film. Yes. Definitely beloved. Not commercially successful at the time of its release. Mm. Some could even say it's an iconic science fiction film. I'm thinking Terminator, but no. No. Uh, no, I think I'm going to kick myself in this one. I don't know. It was Blade Runner. Ah. Oh. Yep, Blade Runner. Apparently he worked on that film, and uh, during the filming of that, he the idea for RoboCop popped into his head. 
Oh, excellent. Replica, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I like this. I like that. Okay. All right. Okay. What do you got next? Now we're into the hard questions. So The hard questions, yes. What vintage year is the Romulan ale that McCoy gives to Kirk? Oh, wow. So how many years old is it, or what year is it from? What year is it from? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. What vintage year? Okay, let's see. I'm going to say, I'm going to throw out a completely random guess here, 2234. Oh, no, it was 2283. Oh, all right. I wasn't too you, far off, at least. You get so close with these guesses. It's mad. <laughs> uh, what can I say? I have a, I have a, I have a talent of some sort. That's <laughs> a talent that will never be useful in real yeah. life. I have a talent for guessing quite closely a number <laughs> right, for exactly. a question. Exactly. I just have to figure out how to monetize that, and I'll yes. be rich. If it's no good for the lottery, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Okay, so now we're into our five-point questions. Yes. How many RoboCop suits were made for the film? Six. Oh, now see, you have the you have the talent. You have clearly gotten it from me. It was seven. Oh. So close. Okay, so what order did the crew die in the Kobayashi Maru simulation? Obviously, they don't die, but right, what right, order right. did the crew die in the Kobayashi Maru simulation? Wow. There's, there's right. four of them. Yes, four. there are. Okay, so I think it's going to go Uhura, Chekhov, McCoy, Spock. You got you got the last. It was Sulu, Uhura, Bones, and Spock. Uhura. So you got the last two right. So give, you, right. give, give yourself a point. Okay. Well, you give me a point. You're I'll give track. you a point. There you go. <laughs> point All right. Now. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Here's our last five-point question. Okay. And I think it's, I think it's hard. I, I don't know if you're going to get this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, go on. What kind of computer was used to generate the special effects? Oh, that's a good question. It was, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It was a home computer system. Atari ST. No, it was a Commodore Amiga. Oh, I was going to say Commodore Amiga. I was going between the two. Commodore Amiga or Atari ST. I picked the wrong one. I'm sorry. Damn it. Okay, so last question for me then. Okay, last question for you. It's another number one. Mm-hmm. What are the call numbers for the USS Reliant? So I'll give you the first. It's NCC what? Right. Uh, it's, um, yeah, well, it's something like 2546 or 2796 or something like that. No, 18864. One, eight, I was completely off on that one. Yeah. My my relative number guessing skills failed me on that one. Yeah. Well, the next one, I won't ask any number-related questions. We'll try and find another talent. All right. All right. So let's tally up. I've lost track of where I was at. So let's tally up. I have for you six points for you. What do you have for me? I've got six points for you. It's a tie. We have to have a tiebreaker then. Oh, tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have a tie. So Phil, we're going to throw in an extra question each and see if we can break the tie. Okay. So here goes. During a scene in a convenience store, one of the bad guys stops at a comic book rack and picks up and looks at a comic book. Uh, Which Marvel character is it? Iron Man. Yes, correct. For one point, it is Iron Man. That's a very good question. Yeah, I like Thank that. Thank you. So, obvious okay. reasons, of course. Iron Man and RoboCop have some similarities. Yes, yes. So a nice little nod there. All right, so Phil, right now you hold the lead at 7 to 6. Let's see what you got for me. Okay. What relation to the crew is midshipman first class Peter Preston? He is Scotty's nephew. Oh, correct. <laughs> wow. All right. So we tied it up again at seven. We got we to gotta figure this out somehow, Phil. Yeah. Okay. So here's what we're going to do then, Phil. We're going to break the tie. We're going to go with the closest amount and see if we can. Whoever gets closest will win. All right. Okay. So uh, I think we'll do is the original estimated budget for the movie. 
Okay. okay. We'll use according to IMDb. Yeah. I don't think either of us knows these off the top of our heads. So no, no, no. You take a guess at what the, the budget of RoboCop was. I'll take a guess at the budget of Star Trek II. Whoever comes closest will be our winner. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. All right. Okay. So, RoboCop, what is your guess at the estimated budget? I want to say, oh, God, $52 million. Okay. And my guess for Star Trek II is $22 million. Oh, uh, I've gone too high, haven't I? Well... Would you like to hear the correct answer? Yeah. The actual budget for RoboCop was $13 million. Oh, way over. Yeah. Oh. How did I do on Star Trek Two? Okay, the budget was actually $11 million. Oh, so I went over, but only but by $11 million. the closest, yeah. You went over by $39 million. Yeah. So, by dint of a second-round tiebreaker, wow. I pull out my hat trick. I'm victorious once again. Exactly, yeah. I think we're too used to today's... Uh films and things aren't we the way we both went so high i know right i know it seems funny to think that robocop could have been made for 13 million because now i mean the the, the uh because the remake cost a hundred million dollars to make and wow. it's not even as good of a film so uh-huh. uh you know but yeah 13 million seems just unfathomable for a movie like robocop star trek into darkness was 190 million wow that's insane Jeez. and they made it for what 11 million for star 11 trek million II? and and i like star trek into darkness even though people hate it but it it is definitely not as good as star trek 2 no no i enjoy it but yeah it's not as good as that but 100 god so all right well shocking, inflation yeah. inflation's a killer <laughs> yeah just a bit all right well that wraps up Quizmaster deathmatch and uh, i remain victorious and yeah. undefeated at three to zero three uh, to but zero. next time we have bonus episode i'm sure phil is going to come loaded for bear and try to kick my butt Yes, and we'll fail miserably. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you will have your day, Phil. You will have your day. Yes, every dog has his day. That's right. All right, but for now then, let's move on. So for our feature, our mini feature for this bonus episode, we thought we would visit our top five movie soundtracks. Uh, since it's still the tail end of summer, we thought it's kind of a great time to sit down on your porch, crank some tunes, sip on a drink, and enjoy the, the, the kind of the, the last waves of summer. So these are our soundtracks that are based on pop songs, or you know, not necessarily pop, but pop rock, whatever genre. They're songs, not like musical scores, right, Phil? It's all about the ones, you know, they've got a great great tunes. We're not, we're not dealing with the score, so there's not going to be any Vangelis. It's not going to be any any Amoricone on this one, right. even though they're all brilliant. We're just going to ones where they take songs from either recent times or from back in the day, and they use them to great effect in a film, and you can just... It all works well as a soundtrack. Absolutely. All right. So, Phil, why don't you start things off then? Share your number five. Okay. My number five is The Graduates uh, by Simon and Garfunkel uh, for the film starring Dustin Hoffman, who gets seduced by Mrs. Robinson. It's, uh, it was one of the first film, film soundtracks I bought on CD. And I remember getting it when I was in university. Uh, I think it was the first CD I bought when I was at university. And it just has uh, just holds a special place in my heart because of that. It's got The Sound of Silence, Mrs. Robinson, some porch cha-cha-cha on the strip and Scarborough Fair, things like that. Beautiful songs, beautiful tunes for a great movie. Great pick, great pick. All right, well, my number five is Guardians of the Galaxy, the awesome mix, volume one. Uh, and, you know, the reason this even is on my list is kind of a surprise because I'm not particularly a fan of 70s music and almost every song on here is songs from the 70s. Yeah, um, yeah. But what I like about it is that they're great songs. They pick some of the best songs from the 70s. And I like the fact that all of the songs on the soundtrack were used to great effect in the movie. Yeah. You know, it's not just one of those inspired by, but you can actually pick out the points in the movie where they used some of these songs. And, you know, Hooked on a Feeling is just such an amazing song anyway. It also has Spirit in the Sky. It's got 
got I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, Cherry Bomb by the Runaways, and of course, the Pina Colada song is on there. And, you know, how can you not love that song? So it's it's just a really fun soundtrack to listen to, and it does make me actually think of the movie because the songs were used so well in the film itself. Excellent point. Yeah, great soundtrack. All right. What's your number four, then? My number four, it's Coen Brothers 1, it's Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Very good choice. Because it's, uh, look, I do like a bit of bluegrass now and again, and it was used to great effect in the film. It's all set around the same time period. You see the protagonists become part, become a band, mythical band, the Soggy Bottom Boys. Great tunes uh, by the likes of Harry McClintock, Alison Krauss, the Norman Blake, the Whites, lots of other people. Uh, yeah, very good soundtrack and well worth a listen. Excellent choice. Very good. Thank you. All right, well, my number four is the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. Ah. Not a great movie. Excellent soundtrack filled with some really cool 90s alternative rock. It starts off with Every You, Every Me, which is just this driving rock song by Placebo. Follows that up with Praise You by Fatboy Slim. Gives you a Blur song and a Counting Crows song and then finishes up with Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve, which is just one of my favorite songs. So it's uh, it's really cool. It's kind of some dark music. It's It's got some some bands, some indie alt bands that you may or may not have heard of, um, but it's just a great collection of tunes. And, and, you know, I don't really care that much for the movie, but it does... It, it's it's a great collection of songs that also happens to fit the tone of the film itself. Brilliant. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that one, to be honest. I've only seen the film once. Yeah, well, it's not yeah. really worth rewatching. But... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Okay, my number three, you've already mentioned it, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Excellent. It's, uh, as you say, a great one. It's It was also good as well because it's got my daughter interested in lots of the bands who play on it. Oh, great. I've got it on vinyl, and there's also a limited edition cassette tape, so I've got that as well. Oh, that's awesome. But I don't actually have a cassette player anymore, so I haven't <laughs> right. played it. I was going to say, I wouldn't even know what to Shocking, do with a cassette it? tape. But it's a, cool, it's a cool collector's item to have, though. Yeah. Especially because of how it played a part in the film. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do with... Uh, Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. Looking forward to that one. Very cool. Good pick. All right. Well, my number three is the Empire Records soundtrack. A uh, great, great film from the 90s. One of my favorites. I've seen it a million times. Um, and this is sort of the 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 sunshine opposite of the Cruel Intention soundtrack. That's all very dark, alternative 90s music. This is all like pop rock 90s music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, kicks yeah. off with Till I Hear It From You by the Gin Blossoms, which is just a great pop song. Then you've got The Cranberries, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Better Than Ezra, Cracker, uh, Luster, Evan Dando from the Lemonheads. It's just this great 90s pop music collection. And, and you know, it's a film that I love. And again, this is one of those movies where most of these songs were actually in the film and uh it's just it's a it's a every time i listen to it i'm transported back to watching this movie just over and over and over again with my friends oh brilliant i didn't even think of that one that's a good pick that thank you yeah good tunes okay we're up to number two number two number two i might number two pick is garden state uh yes 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 good one. there's zach braff directed film uh featuring tracks by the shin zero seven uh remy zero nick drake a little bit of nick drake simon and Garfunkel again iron and wine it's a great soundtrack for. I actually really quite like the film. I know lots of people don't, but uh, no, I, I like I, it. It's a good film. Yeah, I like the film, and I think the soundtrack works so well with it. And it's also it's a it's a great soundtrack where you can listen to as well, if, even if you haven't seen the film. Absolutely, very good. I like it. Thank you. All right. Well, my number two pick is Dirty Dancing. And, uh, you know, I know it's it's dirty dancing, right? It's, you know, and it's I mean, it's a movie everybody loves. You know, nobody puts baby in the corner. But, you know, you've got I've had the time of my life, Hungry Eyes and She's Like the Wind, which were three of the most 
you know, radio popular songs of the 80s. I mean, they sort of defined like the late 80s radio. Yeah. And yeah. then you add to that all these classic songs like Be My Baby, you know, Stay, You Don't Own Me, Love is Strange. So it's it's perfect soundtrack for the movie and just a great collection of songs that you can sing along to no matter what. Brilliant. Yeah, well, I hadn't, it's didn't make my list, but yeah, you're right. It's got some cracking songs on there. All right. Well, let's hear it then. What's your What's your number one? My number one is... Reservoir Dogs. Mm, very good. Good soundtrack. Quentin Tarantino's first film. It features Little Green Bag, Hooked on a Feeling, uh, I Got Your Magic Carpet Ride, Stuck in the Middle with You, of course. Of course. And also has wonderful and brilliant Stephen Wright doing his K-Billy sound of the 70s, uh, you know, DJ thing in between lots of the tracks. Right. right. I think it's, it's just a great melding of the tracks from the film and a few little snippets from it, and it just comes together into a, a cracking, uh, well, cracking soundtrack. I, I couldn't agree more. And actually, it's funny. I didn't pick that as my number one, but I did pick its Spiritual Brethren as number one, ah. and that is the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Oh, I almost <laughs> picked that one as well, but yep. no, yeah, excellent. Very similar to Reservoir Dogs, some great songs on it. Uh, it's got, um, I mean, for the, the one-two punch for me of Son of a Preacher Man by Dusty Springfield and Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon by Urge Overkill are just, just two incredibly amazing songs. And then you add in things like Jungle Boogie, uh, Let's Stay Together, uh, Mr. Lou by Dick Dale. This is a great surf tune that everyone will recognize. And uh, and also a song that I never thought I would I would like, but uh, Flowers on the Wall by the Statler Brothers, which is this yeah. old-style oh, country song, song yeah. that I, yeah. I just love. And then, like you said, it does it, – it, um, it intersperses dialogue clips from the movies. And I've always loved that on soundtracks. You know, it's just got those great little bits yeah, from the they, film – you know, little, they always pick the right little bits, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. They really just tie the soundtrack together and make it really fun to listen to it in order. And then it all caps off with that great speech by Samuel Jackson, the Ezekiel <laughs> 2517. Uh, so great music, great clips from a great film. And uh, that was my number one. Brilliant. Uh, an excellent choice. And we both went for Tarantino. Yeah, well, not surprising. I, mean, I think of all yeah. the kind of filmmakers out there, he is one of the ones who's most known for his soundtracks being not only an integral part of the film, but being very, you know, expansive, very widely, a, a big collection of different types of songs, really experimental and, and just innovative. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. You got that spot on. I mean, even with the, even the Hateful Eight, because you, th- you think it's all going to just be Western stuff. And then you've got like Jack. Jack White's track on there and things right. like that. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, his soundtracks are always an adventure, for sure. Yeah, excellent. Very good. good. picks there. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That was uh, our top five soundtracks. If you want to let us know what you thought of it or share your top five soundtracks, because I'm sure we've forgotten plenty. Oh, I'm sure we did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Blues Brothers? Oh, no. Yeah, I thought that. of that one. I know yeah, there's a yeah. lot of them. It was hard to fit it into just five. Yeah. But if you you can uh, drop us an email or get in touch on social media or wherever you're listening to this, there's usually a comment section. Uh, just uh, let us know. Your thoughts on the, your top five soundtracks through the ages. Yeah, and you know, this is our second bonus episode. Next week, we will be back with a regular episode. In the meantime, if you're jonesing for something to listen to, I just want to throw out a couple of quick recommendations, if that's okay with you, Phil. That works for me. All right, so a couple things you can check out while you are waiting for us to return with our full-length episodes. Uh, debate Club is a very fun podcast where, and I quote, nerds you don't know debate the geek topics that you care about. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I do like that. Yes, and I've, I've actually uh, guested on the show once, which is a lot of fun as well. Uh, I'd also like, like to recommend my friend Calvin Mofield's podcast called The Self-Published Audiocast, where he reads excerpts from his books in order. So basically, as the podcast goes, you get to hear his entire book as sort of like an audio book. It's a free podcast. 
podcast. Calvin's a great writer. He tells some great stories. Uh, and he's a real personable guy. And I like the nice short episodes, usually between 10 and 20 minutes. So you can kind of, you know, get one in quickly on a car drive. And they're a lot of fun to listen to. And finally, I would like to recommend I Was There Too by Matt Gourley. I'm sure most of you have probably heard of it by now. But if you haven't, he interviews people who were there in the great moments of cinema history. And uh, maybe they were a little bit more on the sidelines, uh, but they have some fascinating stories to tell. And I'm a big fan of it. So definitely yeah, check I that d- one out. I like that one as well. There's some some cracking stories, some very funny guests as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's Matt, Matt Gurley's fantastic. So Matt, if you're listening, uh, we love you. But, <laughs> but uh, so those are some shows you can listen to while you're waiting for us to return. Like I said, next week we will be back with a full after the ending episode. We will reveal those movies soon. But for now, we're going to keep them a secret. Ooh. <laughs> for no particular reason, but just because mm. we can. <laughs> yeah, I hope you've enjoyed these bonus episodes. I'm sure there'll be some coming along again in the near future, as and when somebody's on holiday yeah. or right. something but, happens. Right. Soon our, our whole staff will be back to full strength and they'll, they'll all be back in the office and we'll be able and to... Somebody uh, can make me a goddamn cup of coffee. <laughs> We'll exactly. We'll have the interns get right on that, Phil. We know how you are without your coffee. So I need the coffee now. <laughs> I want to fire some of them when they get back. That, oh, I like it. You know, you got to keep them in line. Got to keep yeah. those interns in line. Just gonna. I'm gonna empty somebody's desk now. So when they come back, there's nothing there. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> you are. You are a tough man, Phil Edwards. You've got to. You know, got to keep them in line. Uh, absolutely. I agree. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> All right. Well, then on that note, we thank you as always for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards, and we'll see you next week after the ending. Remind me never to work for you, Phil. <laughs> What's he called? I've forgotten the guy's Lineker? name. No, 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 the other guy. What the hell's his name? Could have asked me this question because I didn't get it. <laughs> songs, or, you know, not necessarily pop, but pop rock, whatever genre. They're songs, not like musical scores, right, Phil? Yeah, yeah. You could say a little more than that. <laughs> like...